This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy executive Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano coming into you. One more game left before week 14 is over. And then week 15 and 16 gets here as we get to the fantasy football semifinals. It's time for the top seeds to bring their teams out to play. Mike, what's going on with you, my man? Man, everything's good, dude. I mean, outside of the Cowboys winning and looking good, which just depresses me because I want a high draft pick. Uh, It was a very interesting week and a pretty good week. I will tell you this, though. There's a lot of folks out there who are glad they had first round buys because there are some stinkers uh, in the stat sheets among some pretty big name players. Imagine if you've been riding Deontay Johnson and Oof. you earned a first round buy and you dodged that awful bullet last night. I mean, so there were several uh, of, of those such performances, but uh, also a lot of really good performances, which we'll talk about. No doubt about that. Let's start off with one of the controversial things from yesterday. Uh, I know exactly where you're going here, too. Yeah, and I think we have to touch it, touch on it because, listen, I tell you, listen, when you are playing professional, when you're a professional athlete and you're in the prime of your career and you're playing and, and everything's going good, you tend to think that you're invincible. But it's going to come a day when you have to retire and you have to figure out a way to get money. And fantasy football analysis is a, is a, is a good venue for a lot of former athletes. We've seen LaDainian Tomlinson, Maurice Jones, Drew, Roddy White even at some point. The list goes on and on. But what Josh Jacobs did yesterday, Mike, that was very disrespectful. And I'm a Josh Jacobs guy, but you can't jerk people around like that. You may think fantasy is nothing to you, but you got sports betting and all kind of other stuff. A lot of money can change hands on some foolishness like that. I don't know why he did it. 
I mean, I, I guess he was trying to be a troll. He was trying to be funny. I'm sure. I'm sure what happened uh, is that Jacobs missing last week's game, maybe having a couple of stinkers here and there. He's taken some crap from people on social media because no there doubt. are there are trolls out there. You have to learn to ignore those people because they're they're exactly what they are. They're trolls, and I almost feel like Jacobs just wanted to sort of get back at some of those people by throwing out the uh, the doubt that he would be active. Uh, even though he was going to be out there, um, maybe it would be a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation where he was on the active roster but not actually going to play uh, any snaps. And that messed everything up. Hopefully, hopefully the, the reporting on Twitter and other places, uh, which suggested, well, wait a minute, he's out there in pregame warmups. He's doing his normal routine. Maybe a lot of folks caught on and decided that they were going. I mean, starting Jacobs wasn't a good idea anyways, guys. Like, he he had a bad game. The Colts' defense is really tough against running backs. He wasn't a great play regardless, but he's Josh Jacobs, so you're going to play him. I I wonder, though, I wonder, like, if, if there were some people out there who saw his IG post and said, oh, geez, I can't play him. And then instead... They they pivoted to like, I don't know, Ronald Jones or maybe Mike Davis or maybe they put Miles Sanders back into their lineup and it actually helped him. But Jacobs, that was just not smart. Yeah, that wasn't it was not expecting that. So, you know, but it's, listen, it, it, the bottom line of the matter is this and it goes both ways. You know, you know, I, I tell fantasy managers all the time, don't harass players on social media. It's stupid and it's corny and it gives us all a bad name. Yeah, no, it does. And I, I mean, I, D'Angelo Williams, like my buddy, he, yes, he hates fantasy football because he doesn't like that fantasy football makes players out to be robotic. And if you don't play, you're worthless to me. I don't care that you're a human being. There's players out there that have a good attitude about it. There's players that have a bad attitude about it, but you can't do that. You, Josh Jacobs, just it's not a good look. It's not. I'm sure. I'm sure that Mike Mayock or someone else in the Raiders organization is probably going to have a bit of a conversation with him. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure that will probably happen as well. Um, but, you know, like I said, on both sides got to do better. All right, so <clears throat> let's start with Jalen Hurts. What do you think? He looked good, man. I mean, like, as a passer, he was okay. But, brother, we talk about it all the time. When you can run with the football as a quarterback, that gives you added value from a fantasy perspective, all right? Yep. And he did – that game was a sideways game, Corey. Nobody – the Saints hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher in, like, what, 50-plus games? And they give None. up two to the yep. Eagles. Who, I mean, Miles Sanders has been terrible for a month. He hasn't done anything. So, hell, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know if Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next year, but I would assume he'll be the starting quarterback uh, this upcoming week, and they have a matchup uh, against the, let's see, who's next on the schedule for Philadelphia? They've got Arizona. Oh, that's going to be fun. Kyler against Jalen Hurts. Ooh, I like that. So, but I mean, is is Hurts a top twelve quarterback like in traditional redraft leagues? I mean, I don't. I still don't think so. But I mean, I started him in the two QB league last week, and I love the results. And here's the issue, though. Hurts, as good as he was from a fantasy perspective, nobody else on the team did anything right outside of Miles Sanders in terms of the pass catchers. Yep, Goddard was pedestrian. Ertz did nothing. I mean, Alshon had a touchdown, but I mean, that's all he did. And you're not starting Alshon Jeffrey. No, God, no. So he really, I mean, he really 
hurts the passing game of the Eagles and the the components in that passing game. Alvin Kamari gets in the end zone. He has an, uh, a good game yesterday for his for his fantasy manager. Was able to put up numbers, and Taysom Hill keeps it going as well. But the Saints do take that loss. Mike, the Saints, I don't think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, they're like the most cursed team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they've had so many sort of bad luck scenarios. And, of course, the one against the, um, you know, Rams. The Rams is the, the one that comes right to mind. Uh, the pass interference that, that wasn't but should have been. So who's the quarterback coming up this week? Is it Breeze or is it Taysom Hill? I mean, Breeze is close to coming back. Regardless, against Kansas City, you're going to play that quarterback. But the Saints always find a way to mess it up. And you can't go on the road and lose to a three-win team. You can't. You can't do that. Kansas City's not going on the road and losing to a three-win team. They're not. So 100%. I mean, NFC is wide open. The NFC is is wide open. It really is. Yep. And it's going to be fun to see how the playoffs uh, play out and shake out. Um, the Chicago Bears, or is it? A, do, is there a big three emerging in Chicago? VP oh, Mitch, David Montgomery, and Allen Robinson getting I, it done. I hope Nick Foles doesn't take another snap for the Bears. And I know with Mitchell Trubisky, he will have his ups and downs. And right now you're feeling pretty good. I mean, you got the Vikings next week. The matchup's pretty good. It's not right? a bad matchup at all. And, and Trubisky was in my DFS bargains for last week. I, I took Matt Ryan out and put... Uh, Trubisky in there when I found out that Julio wasn't going to play. So, like, I mean, he can get it done against the good matchup, right? So he's got a good matchup this week. Again, like you're in the you're in the second round of the fantasy playoffs in most leagues. You're not you starting Mitchell Trubisky yep. in traditional redrafts for the most part, unless uh, something drastic has happened and your quarterback position is is uh, a streamable position at this point. But he looked good, and how David Montgomery's had three monster games in a row, and he's going to have another one. Allen Robinson's looked very good. I mean, Allen Robinson's a hell of a wide receiver. If he played for a team that had a quarterback, I mean, he could put oh, up. Oh, he'd go like, crazy. He, yeah. he could put up like Devontae Adams type numbers. I mean, imagine if he had Aaron Rodgers, geez Louise. But yeah, you got to feel pretty good about the Bears offense right now. There's not really much else. Like Jimmy Graham got into the end zone, but you know, they're certainly trying to get Cole Komet more snaps. So I don't know that the tight end position is one that I fool around with in Chicago, but you got to feel pretty good about Montgomery. You got to feel pretty good about Allen Robinson. And if you're in a two QB or super flex league, I think you could feel pretty good about Trubisky next week. All right. Here's one for you. Can you feel good about Deshaun Watson next week? No. Mm-mm. And the matchup's good. I, I mean, the, the Colts, that could be a high scoring game, right? But here's the problem. Now the Colts just gave up a big game to Derek Carr. Here's the problem. Will Fuller's suspended. Brandon Cooks, I don't know if he's playing. I hope he is. He seemed like he was like a, a late scratch. It looked like he was going to go. And then reports came out that he was going to be in. A, so hopefully you get Brandon Cooks back. But in two games without Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson has looked pedestrian. And it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. The offensive line stinks. Their running game stinks. And their pass catchers, I mean, okay, Kiki QT had a touchdown. But Kiki QT is not a freaking one. He's a three. At best. Yes, yeah. At best. Okay. You're not going to get much when you're throwing the ball to Chad freaking Hanson and Kiki QT and Jordan Agents. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And Duke Johnson's not a good back. And the offensive line is garbage. So I, I I tell you something. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that have no alternative but to play Watson. I don't have a lot of confidence. I didn't, He was a DFS fade for me this past week. I, I, I had it in my column. I don't like him. He was too expensive. Road game. And his, his top wide receivers are gone. So... You know, Watson is great, 
but you, you can only do so many things by yourself. You got to have guys who can catch the ball. You got to have guys running good routes who can beat defenders. Houston doesn't have that right now. Nah, it's tough right now, and especially like we talked last week about the guys that got you there. Deshaun Watson is definitely one of those guys. He's had a great season outside of all the things that's went on, but the bottom line of the matter is this. And you Will Fuller. Yeah, Will Fuller really messed that one up, but it's going to be tough trusting Watson moving forward. You may have to do it without him. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. I know. Yeah, dude. I mean, like he is – among the top waiver wire ads for this week. And uh, you can check that out on si.com slash fantasy with uh, me and my guy, Bill Enright. Look at the numbers. 59 snaps, okay, against Kansas City. Nine targets. Seven catches over 15 points. He's got 13 targets in the last two games. Devontae Parker got hurt. Miles Gaskins on COVID. Breed is on COVID. Savan Ahmed, I don't know when he's coming back. But here's the thing. Uh, Bowden is actually... Wide receiver eligible in some leagues. ESPN's got him as a running back and a wide receiver. I think Yahoo has him as a running back, and then there's other places that have him just as a wide receiver. So keep tabs on that. But if the Dolphins are down all these players again next week against the Patriots, like the matchup's not great. But, I mean, he's, when you're getting 13 targets in two games and nine targets in one game, you're getting, you're getting a bigger uh, piece of that pie. And when Miami's down all these players, and if Parker can't go, hell. Bowden's on the flex starter radar. Like, in a deeper league? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. Mike Mike, Mike, Mike Kosecki continues to get it done. Yeah, he's he going got to hurt, see, though. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's that's an unfortunate that he got hurt. But, Mike, he's going to see a tremendous jump in his draft stock next season. Yeah, he, he very well could. And Tua has found his guy. Unfortunately, it's not Devontae Parker, but no, it's, it's Kosecki. Yep. I mean, six targets, two touchdowns. Uh, the issue is that, you know, he he was helped off to the locker room. He had like an arm or a shoulder, um, whatever the case may be. But um, we'll see what his status is for next week against New England. But Gesicki's look good. And, and Gesicki has kind of done this to us, right? He's shown flashes. He did last year too. Yep. Uh, I hope he doesn't turn into like the next Jared Cook. Do you remember when Jared Cook was like with the Titans? And like for two or three straight years, he would be miserable. And then at the end of the year, he'd go off. And then we all get excited about him the following year, and then he would not be all that great. Hopefully that's not the case. I don't think it will be. But if Gesicki's a go against New England, I mean, like, he's a top 12 play for sure. Mike, it's funny that you mentioned Jared Cook. Um, I got to dig into crates for you today okay. and go back to some of my old stuff and find you the uh, what I like to call the Ballad of Bigfoot. And, <laughs> and Jared Cook, as people that know me has, has long known, I call Jared Cook Bigfoot because we always hear about the talent, yeah. but we never much like never Bigfoot. Never We've never seen it. it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And what Jared Cook does is when you need him the most, when every other receiver is injured and mm -hmm. on the team, and whenever he's supposed to have these monster games, he has the worst games. And that's when I, I got to dig in the crates and send you the ballad of Bigfoot. Um, something I did a couple years ago. It's very good stuff to this I day. To and you know what? I'll always remember Jared Cook for that catch that he made against the Cowboys in the yes. playoffs. When yes. that guy couldn't catch a damn cold. And Rodgers made that bananas pass on the sidelines. And, and Cook inexplicably caught it, whatever it is, what it is. Uh, but, I mean, Cook had a touchdown against Philadelphia. He's got a touchdown in two straight games. The targets aren't there. He's a very yeah. risky play. 
but very rich play. play. That that game, that game. I don't, I don't care who the Saints quarterback is going to be. That game is going to be fun, brother. Next, it's going to be, Kansas it's going to be, it's, that's yep, going to be fun. It's going to be a bomb burn. Right quick, back to that Jared Cook game. Yeah. That morning, I had woke up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the NFC Championship game. And I went and I got on StubHub, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got on StubHub that morning and I was like, yeah, I'm looking at the prices for the NFC Championship game, you know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, you got to get there first. So I called my girlfriend up at the time and I'm like, yo, listen, you know what I mean? Take take next weekend off. We're going to Dallas. We're going to the NFC Championship game. And she, I remember her saying to me, well, don't you have to win today first? And I was like, like, we're going to win today. (laughs) I'll never forget it. I was was wearing my Roger Staubach throwback jersey, which the Cowboys should actually just go back to as the normal jerseys because the late 70s uh, Royal Blues are are the cat's ass, right? And um, I I remember my, my girlfriend at the time, fiance now, didn't really, you know, know how deep I was into the Cowboys until she saw me for the first time during a Cowboys playoff game. Yeah. I literally sat with my hands uh, over my head for a good five minutes after Mason Crosby hit that field goal. And I'm like, yeah. God darn it. I mean, whatever. it was crazy. Uh, it was, that was a rough one. Yeah. So we still ended up going to Dallas the next weekend. <laughs> yeah, not to watch a football game. It's not to watch a football game. Yeah, good yeah. times was had. Shout out to uh, DB's Gentlemen's Club in Dallas, Texas. All right, let's get back to the action. <laughs> Colin Murray, the mayor, as your boy Michael Lombardi calls him, the mayor brought it back one time for his fantasy managers, uh, Mike. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a huge game, but, I mean, he gave you 18 and change, so you'll take it. It wasn't like he broke your back like, you know, some other quarterbacks might have this weekend. But um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of, like, big quarterback breakout like huge games that we expected right like we all knew Rodgers would have a good game no one saw Tua coming no one saw Locke coming no one saw Trubisky coming at least at that level I mean Carr had a bad matchup Bridgewater had a big game Jalen Hurts like it was it was kind of like the who's the hell uh who the hell are these quarterbacks putting up big numbers in the first week of the fantasy playoffs I mean that's kind of what it was so Kyler right now is the QB 11 so I mean top 12 play at this point right so not bad uh it was good to see him run a little bit more Right, which he had 13 carries, which I want more of that. You know, just inject that into my veins. I want those carries. And he's got Philadelphia coming up next week, and he he should be motivated in a game against Jalen Hurts. So we'll see, man. But it was good to see him not look like he was hurt. Right? Yes, no doubt. He 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 got out, ran with the football. He only had one touchdown pass to Dan Arnold again for crying out loud. Dan Arnold back in the back of the end zone. That was a nice catch by Dan Arnold. Yeah. So so. Again, not a huge performance from Murray, but, I mean, it, it makes you feel a little bit better uh, compared to what he's done uh, the previous couple of weeks. No doubt you feel good about him going into the semifinal rounds. Yep. Um, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen both disappointed yesterday. I know. You know, uh, Kirk Cousins had – I mean, not Kirk Cousins, excuse me. Dalvin Cook had the big game for his managers, though. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, like, listen, they they all can't be just, you know – Every week it doesn't deadline. happen. Yep. It doesn't happen, right? Like, the law of averages catches up with everybody. I mean, it hasn't, although Robert Tunyon, it hasn't caught up with him. I mean, he's been great for you know, three, four weeks <laughs> in a row now. But I mean, like, folks, it is what it is. These guys aren't robots, right? I mean, Jefferson had, what, 10 points, 9.9, something like that. And and, and Thielen, uh, you know, he was he was right in that area too. He wasn't, he wasn't very good either. 
it's just not going to happen every single week. Unfortunately, Thielen was at 6.9, so he was worse. But they've got the Bears coming up this week. And the Bears, their defense, and and I kind of overlooked last week's game, like Houston's game, because they didn't have anybody. But in their previous two games, the Bears kind of got lit up, right, by by Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, who lights up everybody, but Stafford still, right? So I still feel good about Jefferson. I still feel good about Thielen. If you were able to survive and move on, uh, they'll still be in the majority of fantasy lineups moving forward. I don't know about Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins is probably more of a two QB league, anyways. Uh, yeah, no option, but um, uh, I, I'd stick with those two uh, wide receivers for sure. When we're down to the final four, it's tough to see Kirk Cousins being involved with that. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this though: Minnesota, I mean Tampa Bay's pass catchers. Mm, I know. I mean, Antonio Brown was like. I mean, he was. He was. Uh, I believe. Off the top of my head, he was their most targeted wide receiver. And I liked A.B. I thought he'd have a better game than he did. Uh, A.B. had five targets. Evans had five targets. And nobody had more than 11.8 points. And I was Scott Miller for crying out loud. (laughs) Scotty Miller. Right? So, like, you know, we're all Minnesota. That's a great matchup. Oh, you got to start Evans. And Godwin, I don't know if he's 100% with that finger. But – I mean, he he played 44 snaps. He led all wide receivers in, in snaps on Tampa Bay's roster. But, yeah, it was a staker, man. I mean, Tom Brady, would, I thought he'd have a bigger game. I, I mean, did, he too. He didn't even cross 17 points. No, they, so, they they played that, Tom. They played that last year, that Patriots-Tom Brady game. Just hit those underneath routes, take with the defense. Yeah, game. although, dude, I mean, they've got they've got Atlanta coming up next, so I'd still stick with Brady. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I'm more about but, uh, but, yeah, that, I mean – I, I was disappointed. Uh, I, although I, I did play against Mike Evans in one league, so I wasn't uh, I wasn't too disappointed. Wasn't too disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but, based on, but based on rankings and prognostications, it was a bit of a disappointment. Although it was really good to see, and I hope this happens. I don't know if it's going to happen. Ronald Jones was the featured back. Okay, uh, Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch. I hope he's a healthy scratch the rest of the year because I have stock in Jones, and I don't want to have to deal with the confusion of whether or not Fournette's going to take touches. And Ronald Jones didn't have a monster game. Yeah, pretty good game though, right? I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't like a thirty point game. He didn't have a huge game, but I mean, he went out there and gave you fifteen points. Like you'll take it. So uh, the matchup upcoming, uh, Atlanta's actually been pretty good against the run. They're but, great against the run. But I mean, like I'm playing Ronald Jones if there's no Fournette. I mean, he's at worst an RB two. Yeah, no doubt. And if the Falcons give up just over 100 yards a, a game to opposing running backs, they actually that's one of the strengths of their defense, even though um, you know, yesterday they still had tough time dealing with Austin Eckler. Shout yeah. out to Austin Eckler, too, you know what I'm saying? He I came know, in yeah. week 14, and he, got, he, got, he put the troops on his back, and shout out to, yeah. to Austin Eckler. Too bad my Austin Eckler team did not qualify, but uh, it would have been good to see that down the stretch. Teddy Bridgewater, not well, let me put it like this. He led the troops sufficiently yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Mike Davis has been one of the waiver wire pickups of the year, and then you see Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They all, they all, they all came through. I loved Anderson. I loved Samuel. They they both had pretty good games. What's crazy is that if if you told me, Corey, before that game, that Teddy Bridgewater was not going to throw a touchdown pass, I would not have started him in a million freaking years, no right? Doubt. But he had 31 yards on the ground and a touchdown. So that's nine points and change. He gave you 283 through the air and he gave you 20 points. Like, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Good for Teddy Bridgewater. And Bridgewater's been a nice two QB league option all season long. He's got Green Bay coming up. Now they have been tough on quarterbacks, but 
this could end up being a game where game script means Bridgewater's got to throw the football. Maybe he gets DJ Moore back next week. We'll see. Uh, maybe McCaffrey will be back. I'm not sure. But, I mean, Bridgewater, like, he hasn't been consistent. But when the matchup's been right, uh, you, you, can, you can pretty much bank on Bridgewater giving you, you know, a pretty decent floor at least. Bridgewater's not really a guy that's going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? He may not help you win. Right, exactly. He won't, he won't be the reason why you lose. Um, KJ Hamler, what's up with that? Yeah. Oh, Drew Locke went crazy too. I know. That's what I said. Here, here's your top. Again, Rodgers, yes. Tua didn't see it. Locke didn't see it. Trubisky, I mean, saw it, but not top four. Carr yeah. didn't see top five. Russell, Bridgewater didn't see that. Hertz didn't see that. Taysom, okay, nine. You get it. You get that. I mean, these guys all had more points than Mahomes. Right? And Mahomes yeah. had a bad game. I mean, three picks. terrible yesterday. Jeez, when, when Mahomes gives you 18, you know, that, that's bad. That, that, that's survive like, in, survive in right, advance. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like a normal quarterback giving you 12, like honestly, right? Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, listen, man, it, the, the quarterback position is – it is what it is, right? Locke had a big game. I would not chase those points. Even though the matchup upcoming next, I mean, it's not terrible against Buffalo. It's not terrible. Uh, they're at home at least, but I, I, I'm, I'm still not uh, chasing those points with Drew Locke. But here's the thing with – as it pertains to the wide receivers, right? So, Tim Patrick – let's talk about Tim Patrick. This guy doesn't put up monster numbers, but he's solid like almost yep. every week. He had another touchdown. He's had three in his last two games, gave him nearly 13 points. Like Tim Patrick's a nice flex starter, right? Yep, he in is. A league. He is. Now, Hamler, he had three targets, brother. I mean, yeah. I know he that's had, tough to say. He had 43 yards of catch for crying out loud. That's not going to happen, uh, you know, uh, ever, right, again. So maybe you go out and grab him off the wire, but I wouldn't really expect too much. I mean, the hell your point. expectations if you happen to right, put him Tim in your Patrick's lineup. the guy to start there. I mean, Jerry Judy's disappeared for the last month or so. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I definitely want to see some more, Um, you know, Judy uh, continue to grow because we know how good of a play he is, but that situation's got to get right. Uh, Derrick Henry. Right. Yeah. Derrick Henry is, it's not, it's, that's, oh my goodness. It's not only, and I'm, I'm in the barbershop. I'm just like, there he goes again. <laughs> I'm like, there he goes again. <laughs> For 2,000 yards this year, dude. I hope he does. That'd be great, man. I would love that would be. That. I'd love to see that. So, but I think he's got to average like a buck 56 over the next uh, three games. And I mean, if Tennessee's locked up their playoff seating by week 17, I wouldn't expect him to play a whole heck of a lot because that guy just gets a lot of work, man. So, but I mean, I, He's got Detroit this week. They stink. He's got Green Bay the following week. Their run defense stinks. He could get it, Joe. And then he's got the damn Texans, and their run defense stinks. He can get it. They might go for it. They might let him go for it. I I love it, man. I I think it's great. But has a – I tell you, this guy is so one-dimensional, it doesn't freaking matter. It does not matter. He is just so good on the ground. I mean, he's he's been a godsend for fantasy owners over the last couple of seasons. So – Keep rolling him out. He is going to lead a lot of people to a championship with this schedule. I mean, he already whacked the Jags. He's going to whack Detroit. He's going to probably beat up on Green Bay. Um, is it Jonathan Taylor season, Mike? <laughs> it is finally. <laughs> hey, hey, the last three games he's played, he's led the Colts backfield in snaps and touches. He had a forty-four percent touch share against the Raiders, and at, next up, he's got Houston, and they're terrible. They just gave it up to Montgomery. Hell, Montgomery had more points on the first play of the game for the Bears than most running backs had the entire week, right? I mean, Houston's just, they're a bad team right now, and their defense is terrible. Jonathan Taylor's going to be a top, he was my he was my RB10 uh, going into week 14. He'll be in the top 10 again, easy. 
Like, finally, right? These coaches, I mean, it took them freaking forever. Finally, J.K. Dobbins is getting more burned. Cam Akers is getting more burned. Jonathan Taylor's getting more burned. Finally. I mean, DeAndre Swift, he, he had a decent game. He didn't have a huge game, but he had a decent game yesterday. And he's got a good matchup upcoming, uh, you know, next on the schedule here. So, like, I, I guess I guess better late than never. I don't know. Yeah, they're not a stashing cash crew. Look like they're starting to look up a little bit to the expectations. Um, on the other side of that, you know what I'm saying? We we, we spoke, we touched briefly on, on on the Raiders, but I mean, obviously it's Darren Waller and Aguilar, and you kind of know what it is uh, moving forward with that one right there. But uh, definitely good to see uh, Jonathan Taylor get rolling. Ale- yep. uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, Mike, they continue to do their thing. Um, and then you got the situation. What do you think of last night with the Bills and the Steelers? I, I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm not surprised. I thought the Bills would win the game. I don't think the Steelers are as exceptional as a as a team that was very recently undefeated. Uh, you look at the schedule. You know, I mean, they they've had they've had some advantages. You know, with the Ravens, with COVID, they haven't played a ton of really good teams. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Josh Allen had a decent game. I believe he gave you around 18 points, which uh, I think he's the QB 12 for for the week at this point. So, I mean, he'll be, you know, the QB, what, 14 at worst. Uh, maybe Lamar outscores him. I don't think Baker will. But, um, I mean, Stephon Diggs is, I mean, 100 catches. Um, was worth every bit of what Buffalo gave up in that trade. And, I mean, Cole Beasley had a decent game. He didn't have a huge game. Gabriel Davis is a guy who's got a touchdown in three straight games now, so you can pick him up off the wire if he's still out there. Um, Buffalo's got Denver coming up next, so the matchup's pretty good. And then. I, the, the running game, I mean, is, you know, that's that's a fantasy wasteland there. But Josh Allen, listen, man, that's one of those guys who, if you waited to draft a quarterback, yeah, you could have gotten him somewhere, what, six, seven, somewhere around there, maybe eight in, in that in that area in terms of the rounds. And he's been he's been very good for the most part. He's had far more good games than he's had bad games. And his bad games aren't aren't horrific. Let's put it no, that way. Bad so, games are not terrible. Buffalo's, Hell, man, Buffalo's got a good team. They've got a good nah, they team. They do. They do. Um, I can see them being in the AFC Championship game. Like I think, I, I think they give. I think they can give Kansas City a headache. I don't yeah. think they can beat Kansas City. I think they can beat everybody else in the AFC. And I think they might be a favorite versus everybody else in the AFC. Um, Ty Gurley is it's over, right? It's done. Yeah, dude, it's, it's over. Right? I, and and <laughs> listen, man, what's funny too is like. He was trying to even Atlanta tried to tease us a little bit, right? Ah, he's off the injury report. Ah, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm back to normal. <laughs> no, you're not. It's not normal. <laughs> no, that's not normal. 19 snaps. He had a 19% touch here. Edo Smith was at nearly 29%. I mean, nobody did anything. The top scoring running back for Atlanta over the weekend, Edo Smith, five and a half points. Gurley's out. You drop him. You could drop him. You could drop him. He's he's it stinks. He actually was a pretty good RB two for for the first half of the season. If there's a hot if there's a hot waiver wire ad, you could drop him. He's got Tampa Bay this week. Not playing him. You playing him against Kansas City? I mean, their defense isn't great against running, but he's not right. He's not right. So, nope. at this point is, is a is a player that you can cut. Yeah, now nah, you're taking a risk anytime you put him in in, in your starting lineup. Um, before we let's hop. No matter of fact, let's hop into Monday Night Football. How would you mm-hmm. break down? How would you handicap? What do you think are the fantasy options for Monday Night Football night between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens? This is a big one right here. It is. There's there's not a lot, honestly, right? No, I mean, it's not. So, 
Baker's not a top 12 play. He's a two QB play. Lamar, I'd love to see him have a big game. We'll see. He was very good against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys stink. So for, for the Browns, I mean, it's Nick Chubb. Hooper's not playing. I'm going to be interested to see what Harrison Bryant can do. Uh, he, he's a very impressive rookie. And um, uh, it's a bad matchup, though. I don't, I'm not saying I would start him, but in DFS, he could be interesting. And I, I'm not, I, Jarvis Landry, this is a bad matchup for him. He's had one career touchdown against Baltimore. Uh, so he's been great lately, and a lot of people probably played him, but I temper my expectations. So I, how many players in Cleveland do I have confidence in? Nick Chubb, that's, that's it. That's it, really. Right? I mean, Kareem Hunt is a flex. Jarvis is a flex. That's it. Uh, on the other side, you know, Lamar's a top eight quarterback this week, and I, I think Dobbins is is in play as, a, as an RB2. Uh, at worst, he's a flex. Mark Andrews is back, thank goodness. So he'll be certainly a, a very attractive play. And, you know, tight ends can beat Cleveland. We've seen that before. Other than, I mean, am I playing Hollywood Brown? It's probably tough. not. Tough to I mean, take he's, he's, been better, he's been better lately, but I don't have enough trust in him to play him. So there's not a whole heck of a lot to like in this game from a fantasy perspective. You would think, you would think this is going to be one of those, you know, like 23-17 type games. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I forgot to mention somebody, but before I get to the waiver wire, we got to yeah. give a shout out to T.Y. Hilton. Because oh, checking it, God, if you've been man. checking into the T.Y. Hilton for the past three weeks, yep. he looks like the T.Y. Hilton of old. Brother, and he's got Houston again. Giddy up. Yes. <laughs> Giddy up. <laughs> Who would have thought T.Y. Hilton would have res- resurrected from the waiver wire to come back to save your fantasy season? He's been, yeah, he's been in my stardom sit column for three weeks in a row now, man. I mean, he'll be in there again, folks. I'll tell you that right now. Maybe I'm, you know what? I mean, maybe I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, dancing on the uh, the edge of a blade here, but Houston, they're terrible. I'm starting T.Y. again. T.Y. helped me reach the the second round of the playoffs in my uh, Fabiano Invitational Celebrity League because I had I had Debo and he he got hurt and barely gave me any points. I think I'm able to beat my guy uh, Jerry O'Connell in that league. So, um, yeah, T.Y.'s been great, man. At, at the end of the playoffs, we may be looking back and saying, Corey, all right, who are the biggest – fantasy playoff heroes and T.Y. Hilton is going to be among those heroes. I can, I can promise you right now he's going to have another big game against Houston. Yeah. Now nah, it's crazy how T.Y. Hilton manages to get himself back in there. And now we start to see the rookie running back start to come up too. And then yeah. Miles Sanders goes and has the big game and nobody saw it coming to start the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, hey, listen, a lot of times you just got to hang with these dudes, but, you know, you got to know when to, when to sit them and when to start them. You got to know Hilton, when to hold them and when to fold them, just like Kate right Rogers there. once said. But T.Y. Hilton looks like he's a goal right now. All right, Mike, this is for playoff teams only. Yeah. Not for the consolation round, but for right. playoff teams only. Here are the people to look at on the waiver wire for week 15. And a lot of these players are just depth. I mean, you're not you're not picking up and starting a guy off the waiver wire in most leagues if you're in the second round of your playoffs. But here you go. Uh, at quarterback, Trubisky's got the Vikings coming up, right? Uh, Tua had a huge game, but the Patriots are really tough. So, like... It, two is probably owned in most multi-quarterback leagues, but he's he's coming off a big game, so he's he's at least in the conversation. Jalen Hurts with you know over 19 points. Now he's got the Cardinals against uh, Kyler Murray. That'll be interesting. Uh, Philip Rivers is out there in a lot of leagues. He's got the Texans. Uh, we talked about Bridgewater. He's got the Packers, and then Derek Carr on Thursday night against the Chargers. That could be a high-scoring game. Running backs. I'll mention Cam Akers again because I looked on ESPN and he's 55% owned. Which which is which is low, but of course there are fewer teams uh, playing right now. But 
I mean, if you're in a less competitive league or a smaller league and Akers is out there, get him, dude. I mean, he's got the Jets this week. Uh, we mentioned Lynn Bowden. He's available across the board, everywhere. And if Miami's down all their backs again next week, he's in play. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is in play. Tony Pollard also in play. Zeke, thanks for nothing. Uh, at wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Like, I've been talking about Nelson Aguilar, I think, the whole season. And nobody cares. He's still 70% available on ESPN. He had nine targets against the Colts. He's had nine or more targets in three of four, right? He's got the Chargers this week. Tim Patrick, five targets, three catches, a touchdown, three touchdowns in his last two games. He's had 11-plus points in three of his last four. He's got Buffalo. Kiki QT, I don't know if Brandon Cooks is coming back. I, I would guess he, he probably will, but QT is still worth a roster spot um, playing the Colts this week. Gabriel Davis, KJ Hamler, Russell Gage, Keelan Cole also uh, in the mix for those in need. And at tight end, it's, uh, as we would say in New England, wicked thin. But Logan Thomas, seven targets. He has 16 targets in his last two games. He's got the Seahawks. Uh, Irv Smith Jr., if Kyle Rudolph is out, uh, is also in play against the Bears. They can't stop tight ends at all. Now, Tyler Higby, he hadn't done much. The Jets stink. They're awful against tight ends. No team in the league's given up more points in that position. And Higby's about 50% available or more. So, like, if you really need a tight end this week, and it, it could be Gerald Everett, folks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. But Higby could end up being a guy who gets you three catches to 30 yards and a touchdown next week. And, I mean, the Jets gave it up to Will Disley. Bob yeah. Harris loves that, the dismissal, was fired. And then like, Dan Arnold, I, I still I, – I don't believe in Dan Arnold, but he's got three touchdowns the last two games, and you know, he's got Philadelphia coming up next. So, they just gave up a touchdown to Jared Cook. He's he's a he's probably more of the uh, DFS kind of. I need to save some dough, so I'll play Dan Arnold. But if you're in a deeper league, I mean, he's getting into the end zone, and that's all you can ask for a tight end at this point. No doubt about it. Like you said, that tight end position. Um, listen, a lot of people don't get a lot of targets, but if you can catch that one in the end zone, you could that's end right. up being a top twelve play for the week at tight end. All right, Mike, getting ready to get up out of here. Don't forget everybody, Michael Fabiano, sit, start, drops on Wednesday over at SI.com. That's when we first start, get the reels turning, and then we'll be back on Thursday to help you set your lineups and get ready for week 15, the fantasy football semifinals. It's time to get hype, y'all. All right, for Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, SI Fantasy Podcast. We are out.